Oh, stop it. You can be seated. Hey, if you're here tonight, I just want to do this real quick because the ushers are waiting for it. And, and we always do this. If you're here tonight and you don't own a Bible, and we'd love to give one to you. If you'll just hold your hand up, if you forgot yours, because we, we want you in the Word. If you just hold your hand up, our ushers, it's our gift to you. We want to make sure that everybody is not only in the Word, but you're getting the Word in you. Amen? Amen. Look at somebody close and say, it's time for you to get in that book. Amen. Well, I'm really glad to be here. I was till about two minutes ago. The place, let me, let me just help you. Um, I, I don't, I don't uh, like online reviews and stuff. I, I don't check them, which now I think I should. When, when we walked in the door, um, there's a, well, A, you turn and look, and there's a tavern or bar or lounge or something in there. And it's like a bunch of 85 and 90-year-old people, and they're playing gin. <laughs> and I walked in, I was like, and then I, I walked by this, this, this. I'm, no, I'm, I want to clear that some things up. Um, then you walk by a fountain that hasn't worked in the, since the millennium, okay? And I'm not exaggerating. And it, but it still had liquid in it. And here's, here's what's bad. There was a Vietnamese waitress in, in there, and, um, and I, uh, I, I said, where's the restroom? And she stood there like this and pointed like this. Well, she meant around the corner, but she pointed at the fountain. <laughs> and, I, and I turned and looked. I was like, dear God. I mean, <laughs> pass that around. Then they'll see that I was I wasn't just whining. There's, there's scamunga in that fountain. I'm not kidding. Nothing grosses me out, and there was nothing not gross about that whole, whole experience. But, uh, but heck, it was, it was lunch, and, um, <laughs> and I learned something. Um, there's a limit to I don't care. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, I, I do pastor a church called Guts. I... I'm married to a woman named Sandy, and we've been married 30 years, and we have three children. Um, Taylor's 28, just got married in April. Brooklyn's 25. Um, she's single, yet has been dating this guy that coaches for the Philadelphia Eagles. I like everything about him other than that. Not, I, not the Eagles, because let me just tell you, I get great gear, okay? Like sideline gear and game day gear from those guys that... But um, I don't like that it's Philadelphia. If it was the Tulsa Eagles, I'd be much better with it. Um, and I can't, even, I can't even go there. I can't even think about it. Because, uh, and then our, my, our baby's 18, and she goes to the University of Oklahoma. But, um, and she reads a book every day, by the way, Evan. Um, but uh, um, and, and I'm just telling you that I'm going to go somewhere here, but I'm going to kind of unpack it for you if that's okay. Um, but I, I live in a house of amazing people. And I know you're supposed to say that. You know, I mean, it's honoring to your wife and your children, your house. But tru- truly, I'm not kidding you. Um, it's the most amazing people. The dynamics of our house is so unique. And so God was so thoughtful. It's, it, I mean, it's just amazing, um, these people. Because everybody's got an opinion and a strong opinion. And they're always right. Everybody. And... Um, and so, but, but I want to tell you that I couldn't 
be here doing what I'm doing at the level I get to do it. Because I'm, I'm kind of the, and I, I said this at the camp and to the fellas, I'm the poster child of the guy you point at and say, dear God, if he could do it, anybody could do it. And, um, but, but I'll just tell you, there's something that happened. Um, it, it's kind of like uh, a rivalry. That a rivalry in, in sports makes those teams better. You know, that, that game that, you know, the coach has to make the impression on the team in the preseason where he has to say, listen, all these games are equally as important. When no one believes that. They know there's one game on that schedule that they have circled in their heart, and I'm telling you, that game is, they're out for blood in that game. And, and, and but honestly, but that, because of that rivalry, because of that game, it makes, it, it, it makes those teams better. There's two schools in Tulsa, one Union and one Jinx, and they're both nationally ranked every year, and they've won the last 17 state championships, one of those two teams. And they have distanced themselves so much from all the other high school football teams that it's almost not fair. It's a foregone conclusion. One of those two teams is going gonna, is gonna to win the championship. But listen, not even that. In the championship game when they play, Whoever has the ball last is going to win that championship. See, that's what that rivalry does. It amps things up so much. And see, now, now listen, we have a, a fierce adversary in our life because we're Christians. You know, see, used to be you weren't a Christian. You were just a yahoo. You were just out there just trying to live right and trying to do right and trying to be right. And, and, and the devil would just mess with you a little bit once in a while. And you know what? You figure things aren't, aren't going to work out because things don't work out sometimes. You know, it's like, it's like this expression, sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. Okay? Man, sometimes things just don't work out. But then you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And if you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus like I did, then it's like, wait a second. And what I found, and, and you, I'm just telling you, if you can, if, if, if you can um, um, counter this or if you can, if, if you can uh, uh, effectively you know, prove that this isn't right. I, I'm just telling you, I'll put everything down and I'll take it to the house. But see, when you give your life to Jesus, when you say, God, I give you my life, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Okay, the Bible says you're born again. Everybody say born again. Born again. You're born of the Spirit, okay? And, and, and I, think, I think everybody in here has kind of a, at least a, a rough idea of what that is. Okay, but you become born again. You become a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But, but let me just tell you what, what happens in the dynamics of your life. Is the, the, the body of work that your life is, when you say, God, I make Jesus the Lord of my life, God reaches in to the mechanism of our heart and our life, and he extracts the element of losing. He pulls that out. As a Christian, let me just help you. You cannot lose. You're incapable of losing. It's an oxymoron. See, I'm, I, I, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I believe wholeheartedly in the sovereignty of God. And the sovereignty of God, to me, isn't some calamity that you ran into because, because of a wreck or an accident. That wasn't, well, I guess it was God's will. That's not the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is that we're transformed into the image of his son. Is that the promise of the transformation? That's the, the sovereignty of God. So now in your life, 
that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you tie. But, but it's a, man, you, and now it's not sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. You, have, you still have two options. And it's not winning and losing. It's winning and quitting. And see, there, there's so many times that, see, what this is, do you, remember what, do you remember what Jesus said to Peter, what Jesus said to Matthew is similar, what Jesus said? You know what he said to him? He said this. He said, lay down your nets and follow me. I'll make you a fisher of men. Now, listen, but here's the key. Follow me. Remember, here's the, how, how this works is that we have, to, we have to seek, we have to ask, we have to seek, we have to knock, we have to ask, we have to seek, we have to knock. See, there's too many people that say, well, man, I've been, I've been, I've been seeking, I've been asking, I've been knocking. No, but you know what? Those aren't standalone. They, they come as, a, as, as triplets. They come as a bunch. You ask, you seek, you knock, you keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking. But see, the key to this is, is that it's all about following him, about following Jesus. It's not the, the, it's not the conquests and winning the battles. See, too many people have the wrong perception of, of, of the battles of our life. Cancer. Man, somebody gets a diagnosis of, can, of diagnosis of cancer. Instantly, let me just tell you, man, the world comes to a screeching halt, and their focus comes on defeating that foul enemy cancer. That's the way the world does it. What we do is, we just keep following Jesus. Man, we don't let, listen, we don't let that, our adversary, the deception, because let me tell you something, you stop and you focus on it, you know what's going to come? Fear. Let me tell you what can't kill you, cancer. Let me tell you what can kill you, fear. And you know what? That fear comes in such a strong dynamic with something like, like the diagnosis of cancer, Man, man, pregnant women, there's, we, have, we have a family month this month at the church. It's dedicated to family. It's called Family Uncensored because the last weekend, it's going to be me and Sandy, my wife, and our three kids on the stage, just open mic. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm super vulnerable, okay, just to let you know uh, that service because um, I just am. Uh, my, all my kids have a mean streak, but, and they're going to get a mic. But... But, but listen, that, that, the element of it, there are so many, what, what shocked me are the couples in our church that were, were told they couldn't have babies. Or if they did get pregnant, it would kill the woman. And it, I mean, it was, it's like dozens of them. And I'm like, what? Because I'm telling you, we have kids everywhere. We have babies everywhere. It's, it, it's, psych, it, it's psycho church. It's, it's crazy. There's little kids and there's babies everywhere. Okay, hundreds of them. They, no, you, you laugh. You think about 75 babies, in a, averaging 75 babies in the nursery, in services. That's the average. Man, if it's 50, that, that's like awesome. But what's bad is that means the next one's going to have 100. That's like an army of babies. But, but listen, so we come to this point that losing is out of the equation now. You don't get to lose anymore. You've lost the right to lose. You've lost the privilege of losing. Because let me tell you, if you've still got that in your life, you can go like this. Let me tell you what you'd never want to do. And see, God pulled that from you. See, ma'am, you're not, as a Christian, permitted to lose anymore. That God's, God's took that off the table for you. That's not an option. 
See? And so, so that's the mindset that we have to take. So now we can't worry. See, and in Matthew 6, we, Jesus is talking about worry. He said, look, stop worrying. And as a matter of fact, he said, don't worry saying. What will I eat? And what, what, where will I sleep? What will I wear? For the, 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 like the, the lilies of the field, they're not worried about what they're going to wear. The birds of the air aren't worried, worried about what they're going to eat. But see, then God, then Jesus says something, and, and this is going to help you. And it's going to be very liberating for you. And he, he, talks about, he talks about worrying. He talks about it, it serving two masters. And I'm looking at verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. Now listen to what he says, and here's what he throws in. He's talking about masters, and then he throws this in. You can't serve God and mammon. Okay? Let me help you with mammon. Mammon is the spirit of the world that is on currency. See, the currency of the world is money. The currency of the kingdom is trust. You can't trust God and the currency of the world. See, and then he goes into saying, look, don't worry saying. And he talks about lilies and he talks about birds. And then, it, and then he comes, and let me, just, let me just tell you, the tithe breaks the power of mammon off your finances. See, what, what, the, either we are just dumb as rocks or... The devil is as deceptive as I think he is. And I think it's a combination of the two. Because, because people have such a hard time with the tithe. Every church I go to, I say, how many guys tithe? And everyone raises their hands. I think that when you say it, what people hear is, how many of you guys have ever tithed? <laughs> or how many of you guys have ever given something in the increment of 10? <laughs> because everybody goes, I'm like, dear, this church is flush if everyone ties when the national average is under 10%. But see, the, the problem with that is the national average of people that understand God's purpose in their life is under 10% too. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an incredible correlation there where those are exact numbers. It's like, oh my gosh, this is criminal that we're letting people go to church. We're letting fellas come to church and walk around and serve and usher and, and sing and, and shout unto God and, and leave and, and get in his truck and, and go to the Dairy Queen and get a dip cone and not understand the purpose of God on his life. Do you understand, ma'am? That's criminal. Pre we should be put in jail for doing this. It's, it's, it's a mockery. Man, we've got to get serious about this. This, this. this whole idea, there is a shift coming in this church. Okay? Whether you like it or not, that man's going to have to step up. That man's going to have to suit up. He hadn't come close to being who he's going to have to be. You know why? You are changing locations. You are sending a message to this community that you're going from this to that. Well, let me tell you, it's different. This is a certain level, and I think they're good with this now. This Tri-City thing, these, these cities, they, they're probably good with you being here. They're okay with it. I'm, we're fine, right? I mean, yeah, the garden, where are they? Oh, they're over there in that, that, their place. They're in their, their spot. They're where they're supposed to be, okay? Well, now, 
You're changing locations. You know what's going to happen? There's a physical shift that's going to happen when you move. There's a spiritual shift that's going to happen because you move. He can't be who he's been. He can't. He has to, see, there's, you guys in here, it's interesting because the, the whole idea of, of core people in the church um, is an interesting idea because the elementary part of it, the, the basics, the foundation is that you know your purpose. I know the purpose that's on my life. It's real easy. The purpose on my life isn't what it was when I was his age. When I was his age, it was to light the world on fire. When I was his age, it was, it was to, to wreak havoc on the darkness. When, it, when I was his age, but now my purpose has shifted. Now I'm, I'm walking in the fullness of what God's called me to walk in in my life, and I'm 56. I wanted to do it when I was his age. I wanted to do it when I was his age. But you know what? Somehow God doesn't do it. You know what he does? He, he saves the best for last. Remember the first miracle that Jesus performed when we turned water into wine? And they, 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 they went like this. Oh, wow. I've already got a little bit of a buzz going, and, and this is good wine. They're not giving me that, they're not giving me that old watered-down fuzzy stuff. This is, this is good. You've saved the best for last. Now think about this. God saves the best for last. The best part of my life is coming up. The best part of the life of this church is coming up. Why? There's a shift. You're shifting physically. There's got to be a shift spiritually. I'm pleading with you. I'm begging with you not to, go, not to make that shift without knowing God's purpose. Otherwise, it's just going to be more of the same. It really is. And the lane God has you to run in is going to become a rut, a rut that you live in. And that rut's going to become a ditch. Then you know what? You're going to be down in that ditch thinking you're doing something extraordinary for God and people are going to be up on the highway thinking those poor, pitiful people. But I, I became a Christian when I was in my early 20s. The last couple of years of my life as a sinner, I had one single solitary thought about the church, about ministry, about Christians. One thought, they're pitiful. I looked at, I looked at the Bible school that I went to, and I looked, and I'm at a big meeting, and they're calling for people to apply, and I'm look, they had all of them stand up, and I'm looking at them, and all I could think was pitiful. It really is just pitiful. And, and, but I'm a Christian now. After I gave my life to the Lord, I still thought that. I still thought. And why? Because people did, there, there, there were a, a, a number of shifts that, you know what, they didn't make the shift. See, when we look at this, that you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God in the spirit of the world. You can't serve God and worry about your money. You can't serve God and worry about your business. You can't serve God and worry about paying your bills and paying your debt and how you're going to make it. You can't serve God. You can't trust both. You're going to end up despising one of them. And it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. The number one thing, I'll just tell you, my wife and I have been married as long as we've been married for one reason. We've never had an argument about money, ever. 
Never one, not one in over 30s. Never been late on a payment and never bounced a check. And we've always had margins. And we've always had more than enough. We pay cash for vehicles. We pay, we pay cash for our, our kids' schools. You know what? But, but, but what is it? How do you do that? You have to build margins in your life. See, the margins of your life, it, it determines how you're, how you're going to win. You might win a little bit without margins. But, but when you have margins, man, you know what? Winning's a lot easier. You know why? Because the one who has the margins has the leverage. And see, and that's where God wants to bring you guys as a church in this community. He wants to use the shift, the physical move that you're making. Are you guys, is this, is it English? Is English the problem? Are you, are you getting it a little bit? The physical move that you're going to make is going to cause a dynamic spiritual shift. The per, you walking, ma'am, you walking in the purpose of God in your life is going to cause that, the, this church to have margins to be able to make that shift and, 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 and function and flow and celebrate that shift and leverage the influence in the community. See, I'll just tell you this. Man, I, I, I think if, if there are men in this church and, 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 and you really mean it, you're going to be a core guy, there's got to be a thousand guests at that first service over there. There's got to be another thousand guests in the, in the real grand opening that you do. Why? Because you understand purpose now. See, we, we, here, here's what's funny. The basic things, God, God split things up in days, right? And on the seventh day, what did he do? Okay, so you guys understand the days. On the first day, what happened? What did God say on the first day? Let there be light. Is that interesting? What did God create on the fourth day? Huh? On the fourth day, what did he create? The sun, the moon, the firmaments, and he separated the light and the darkness, and he called it light, and he said it was good, and it was the fourth day. Why did God repeat the first and fourth day creating light in both days? Because we're the light of the world, right? What, so that people can read by us? Huh? So we could ride our, our Harleys at night? No, it's not that kind of light. That first day light is the earliest Hebrew form of the word Messiah. What God said, when he, when the plan for your life, sir, is he said, let there be Messiah. Now, I don't feel like Jesus. You may not, but you have the same responsibility that he does. Because we're just walking with him. You, we're, we're guilt by association. You're walking with Jesus. There better be healing in these things. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. Otherwise, the world's going to look at you and say, you're pitiful. You like being pitiful? Huh? Do you want somebody to go, what's your name, sir? Chris. Oh, Chris. Oh, you, you ever met Chris? Pitiful. That's not good, right? But let me just tell you, if we're walking around saying, well, my hands are no different than your hands. Did Jesus ever say that? Why would I ever say it then? See, the Bible says, as he is on the earth, so are we. His hands touch people. <laughs> Shoot. 
I mean, it caused a mess in Rome. It caused a mess in, in, the, in, the, in the synagogues and the temples with the Pharisees. It jacked the whole thing up. They came to him and said, who do you think you are healing on the Sabbath? He said, which is harder for me to say your sins are forgiven you or pick up your bed and walk? They said, you're not God. You can't forgive sin. He said, which is more difficult? They, they're thinking, what are you talking about? He said, hey, come on. Pick up your bed. Take it to the house. Get on out of here. You're bugging me in that mat. I'm winning an argument here, and you're laying here. But see, we, we have to look at this, that that's, that's what the world's expecting. Let's give them what they expect. See, we're, we're deceived and duped into thinking the world thinks we're a joke, and they don't. They, they're wondering why we're not walking in the authority and the dominion that God's called us to walk in. Because they know, but they don't have a problem with Jesus. Do you, think, do, you think, do you honestly think people have a problem receiving healing and health? Do you think they do? No, but we act like they do. Oh, they don't believe. No. We haven't been the living epistles right of all men. So now you go to verse 33 in Matthew 6. Okay, you've all heard it a thousand times. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The things that Gentiles seek. Now, now, but here's a missing point of this verse. What's the first word of Matthew 6, 33? Okay, there you got to say, but a church. Okay, but listen, what's the first word of Matthew? Go ahead, sit down. Matthew 6, 33. What's the first word? Okay, I need everybody. Okay, is it on the screen? Okay, I want you to read the first word of Matthew 6, 33. Okay, but let me tell you, it's, it's like this. It's like this. Okay, hey, what'd you think of the movie? Oh, it was good. The acting was good. The storyline was good. The cinematography was good. But, and then you go to say, make, to say something about the movie. Do you understand when you put but in the sentence like that, that everything you said before the but is gone? Does not matter. Okay, so now, but, see, this is the shift that has to happen. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. His righteousness is his right standing, his level. Do you understand? God doesn't operate at, at, a, at an earthly human level. That's why we have such a hard time. See, what we have to do is we have to get to his level. See, that's what right standing is. You know what, you know what right standing literally means? Righteousness literally means at eye level with God. See, we're not down here going, oh, God, have mercy on me. No, you know what? We're at eye level with God now. We're nose to nose with God. He's put us at that level. That's what sonship is. That's what being a part of his family is. That's why we're hidden in Christ. If you're not hidden in Christ, you live down there. At, at a human level. If you're hidden in Christ, you live at God's level. And now, when God looks at you, he sees Christ. So what does it matter what anybody else sees? See, people might see the past that you had, Chris. People might see the mistakes that you made. But you know what? God put that butt in there. And, and everything prior to this moment right here, God doesn't care one iota about. Not one thing about it's all now, okay, you're free of everything in the past. What are you going to do now? See, that's the shift. 
The shift is whatever has been holding you back can't anymore. See, that's why what we have to do is we have to go and you write this down. Number one, we have to be all in. That's the shift. It can't be when it's convenient. What I personally believe is if it's comfortable or convenient, it's not God. How'd your day go? Oh, it was good. It was easy. What? How in the world could we be Christians and our days be easy? Because there's a devil. You guys know that? Pastor referred to half the verse. He said, in this, in this world, you're going to have tribulation every day. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The kingdom of heaven suffers what? <laughs> How's your day? I <laughs> got Oh, it's like I got a mud hole stomped in me. But listen, what, what we have to understand now is we're, we're, we're going against the grain of the world. We're not, we're not looking for the wind of the world to, to be in our sails and project us. No, you know what? We've got a whole different horsepower in our lives now. So we have to be all in. It's a, and, and that's what we have to do. We have to just, just be all in. Who are, you? Who are you? I'm all in. I'm all in sheer. That's my name. Man, you can count on me. Whatever the question is, the answer is yes. Hey, pastor, put me in. I don't, it does, and it doesn't matter where it is. I'm telling you that new property, you need to park every car and seat every person. You need to valet the living fire out of the Tri-Cities. You need to give them five, a five-star experience. And you know what? They're going to say, dear God, every restaurant, every, every other business, every other church, they suck around you. Man, these people have got it going on. Man, they treated me with such value. They, man, they, they, they took care of my kids. Man, they, they, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. My kids love this church. Man, they were, they were, the, they were, they were there at my grandmama's, man, hospice experience. Man, we've got to be intentional about all this and be all in. We, we, have, to, we have to do this. We have to love him with all of our heart our soul, our mind, and our strength. He just didn't say, hey, hey, how about with all your life, okay? You in? No. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is deep now. He can't be the man he's always been. He's got to be better. He's got to make the shift. Man, I told these guys I became a Christian. I've been a Christian about a month, and I'm with, with all my buddies partying and hanging out. And, and, uh, and this guy comes up and says, Sheer, you're not partying anymore. I said, I know. He said, Sheer, that guy even called you out last week, and you didn't go. I said, I know. He said, what? what what's up now? Oh, Sheer, oh, you're a Christian now? I said, yeah. He said, and it's funny, and I'm not saying to do this. <laughs> I need to qualify this. But he goes, Sheer, what do you, what, oh, you're a Christian now? I said, yeah, I am. He said, what, oh, you're, you're a Christian now? What, do you think you're better than me? I said, I was better than you before as a Christian, but now I'm definitely better than you. <laughs> Let me tell you, this guy right here, he's better than them. 
I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not just trying to be funny. I'm, not just, I'm telling you, I believe this with all my heart. This sucker right here is better than them. Greater is he who's in him than he who's in the world. Yeah, but he's got a history. Oh, good. We got to go back to Matthew 6, 33. But everything else is gone. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Man, you've got to hear God's voice distinctly. You've got to be a man. You take initiative pertaining to things of God. Man, you can't let that offering bucket go by ever without putting something in it. This, this old girl here has to see you do it every single time. What's, what's, and you know what? Jesus, that, at, at the, when, when they, they didn't know if it was him or not, and he grabbed the bread and he broke it, and they go, oh, dear God, it's Jesus. You know why? That was his move. He broke the bread for him. And he said, this is my body that's broken for you. Remember? Man, that needs to be your move. Here's your move right here. That bucket doesn't go by because you're a man of God. You're a winner or a quitter. That cuts deep, huh? Now it doesn't matter because we've got one foe. God's given us one book to read. No, that's if I'm in the, if I was in the world now, you know what I'd be thinking? These Christians have had over 2,000 years to read one book. <laughs> and they can't get it together. No, oh, it's, it's funny now, I guess, huh? No, one book. That, that, and, 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 and it's simple. This is, this is so easy. You just have to run your race harder than you've been running it. As one who wins. If anything in your life is out in front of you, doesn't work. Man, these guys are counting on you. These guys are counting on you. What do you think? This is just by chance that I stood you up in this meeting? Huh? Man, we're going to have 800 or 1,000 college students in my church tonight. And I'm here talking to you. Huh? There's something dynamic going on here. This is a life-for-life life exchange that's happening here. you gotta, and you got to be all in, and then you know what you've got to do? You've got to go all out. And the reason I brought up about this, this move here, is because Jesus stood at the treasury of the temple, and he watched everybody give. You know, there's people who say, well, it doesn't matter what you give. No, it matters. It matters what and how. And, and he's watching everybody. And then that, that little woman, remember, she had two mites. They hit, that, they hit that treasury like dust. It was so light, those mites. Jesus just watched, and he watched her kind of just amble off and got this guys together. And he said, you know, the greatest gift of this whole day was that widow woman. Because you guys gave out of your abundance. She gave out, gave out of what she didn't have. And you know what? He, you know what he said? Because she gave out of her livelihood. Oh, my gosh. Breaks my heart. You know what I'm saying? We walk around with money in our pocket. We walk around with new boots on. We, we walk around dreaming of the new stuff we're going to get. She gave out of her livelihood. It hurt her to give. She probably didn't eat the next day. But you know what? He said it's the greatest gift. Man, that's, that, that's why this, this men thing is so important. 
here he got his 12 disciples up, remember? They were men. And he said, that little woman there just beats you. That's what he said. And you know what? We can't be good with that. I don't mind the little widow women giving. They're, I just mind them out giving me. Does that make sense? See, so you got to be all in. You got to go all out. And um, you wouldn't have needed this, but there's instructions on shampoo. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> oh, these guys are thinking it's all in style now, huh? No, that ship sailed, son. <laughs> but the, the instructions on that shampoo says rinse, lather, rinse, help me. Repeat. Rinse, lather, rinse, repeat. Be all in. Go all in. 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 And you let that thing build, and you have the mindset in this community that you're going to take over. I don't, you're not moving in that building, going through all the expense and everything you're, to, to get a piece of the pie. I want the whole dadgum pie. I'm on the clock. Can I help you? Jesus is coming back in your lifetime. Oh, I'm not playing. There's a massive revival that's going to hit America. It's going to hit the military. It's going to be a massive revival of, of Jewish people. And I'm telling you, about 2030... Hold on to your hair hats, fellas. That's not very far away. There's things that are just, and you know what? I'm not the generation that's going to bring Jesus back. You're probably not either. Yeah, we, you and I can get all bold and man up if we're going to be the generation. But it's a different kind of man up if that is. That little stinker right there is going to be a part of the army that's going to bring Jesus back. And you know why? Because you're going to be all in. And you're going to go all out. And you're going to repeat Amen. Y'all in? You know, some of us in the room tonight, you know what you need to do? You're all in, but you're not even in the end yet. Let's get you in. Come on, you're not living for God. And you, you might be sitting there next to people who think you are. You might have confused them, but you know. You're not really living for God. Well, I don't want you to miss out on what's about ready to happen. But I tell you what, I don't want you to miss out on what's going to follow, what we're hoping is going to happen. There's some, there's some awesome stuff that God has for you. That you know if you're, if, if you're right with God or not. And 
what we're going to do tonight, we're going we're to pray a prayer together, all of us. But if you're in this place tonight and you say, you know what, man, I, I don't want to fake it anymore. I, I, want, I want my life, I want this thing with God, I want it to be real. You, you know the best thing that ever happened to me is, is the night that I decided that I would get real with God. You know what God did? He got real with me. Everything was different from that moment. Everything. I, I, want you to, I want everybody to just bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. And